Pastor Ray Bentley on how God's kingdom came in the form of God's son. Here was the promised seed of Abraham. Here was the son of David. Here was the Messiah. Here was the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And literally, uh, just a couple of feet away were men saying, where is the kingdom? And they were standing right in front of him. You cannot have the kingdom of God without the king. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's own return, the whole gospel to the whole world. The religious leaders of the first century were well-schooled in what to look for in the coming Messiah, and yet they didn't recognize him when he stood right there in front of them. Today, Pastor Ray helps us avoid the same mistake by recognizing Jesus as our Redeemer and Lord and by inviting him into our hearts. Luke chapter 17, and uh, though we're not going to talk about all the verses, I'd like to just read this section beginning in verse 20. Here's what over the next two studies we'll be looking at and talking about. The coming of the kingdom, beginning in verse 20. Now when he, Jesus, was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. And then he said to the disciples, so that's what he said you know, to anybody and everybody at large who was listening. Beginning with verse 22, Jesus now gathers only followers, only disciples, only believers, and begins to give some special insights. He said to the disciples, The days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look here, or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. In other words, every eye will see it. It won't be hidden. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in that night, there will be two men in one bed. The one will be taken, I believe, in judgment or in uh, actual deliverance, and the other will be left, left behind for judgment. Two women will be grinding together, and one will be taken and the other left. Two men will be in the field. The one will be taken and the other left. And they answered and said to him, Where, Lord? And so he said to them, Wherever the body is, 
There the eagles will be gathered together. In the Garden of Eden, we lost the very kingdom of heaven. We lost the kingdom of heaven being on the earth. In a sense, you could say that uh, in the garden was heaven on earth. Heaven and earth were kind of married together. And the, the story then of redemption, because that's not the end of the story, that's the beginning of the story, right? First couple of chapters of Genesis. The story of redemption is how God himself leaves the mountaintop, comes down out of the garden of paradise, even of heaven, comes down to the howling wilderness of our bitter and barren experience and redeems us, saves us, carries, as it were, humanity upon his own shoulders and then ascends back to the mountain. And even with the, remember the angels, the cherubims with, with uh, flaming swords at the entrance, not allowing Adam and Eve to enter. Well, Jesus now who incarnated himself into humanity essentially walked through that barrier, through the Eastern uh, garden. And the swords symbolically of judgment fell, thus his body was broken, his blood was shed, but God's justice having been met, the cherubim now have sheathed, as it were, those swords of judgment. And with blood there upon the mantle, we are now allowed to walk back in. As Jesus resurrects, he carries us back in and brings us to the tree of life. And now for the rest of all time and eternity, we may eat of the tree of life. And what is the tree of life? Jesus. The tree of life is the very words of God. And by this shall man live, by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Never wanting or even being tempted to eat uh, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil ever again. Amen? You've had enough of that. So, um, Adam has forfeited his, his calling, his authority, and thus his very purpose. God is wanting to restore the kingdom. And God had a plan to restore the kingdom, ultimately through his son, Jesus Christ. And I hope and pray that every single person in here tonight has Jesus in your heart. Only if you have Jesus Christ risen and, and believe and trust in him that he is the, the, the lone savior of the world, that will bring you into the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, to enjoy it and to live in it forever. But you must have Jesus in your heart. And uh, if any of you do not have him in your heart, then I encourage you to do so. Now, the kingdom under David. Uh, there was, under King David, there was a monarchy that flourished briefly, and David, through David and a little bit through Solomon, it showed a little bit imperfectly uh, how the kingdom was to look. But Solomon failed, and his kingdom failed, and eventually God allowed the Babylonians to come and take them into captivity. But as you read the story of the Old Testament, the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, what were they all prophesying about? They were prophesying about a future day when the perfect kingdom would come and the kingdom would be restored. In fact, the very last chapter of the Old Testament ends with a note of promise and of expectation of the coming of the kingdom, the restoration of the kingdom. The prophets talked about the kingdom. At the end of Malachi, then, there's 400 years of silence from Malachi until Matthew. 400 years of silence so that the echoes of the prophets saying, the king is coming, the king is coming, the kingdom will come when the king comes. 400 years of silence, they wait. After four dark centuries in the night sky over ancient Israel, 
angels appeared and began singing and began praising and giving glory to God in heaven because the Messiah, the King, had been born. This was the promised seed that God had given through Abraham. And 30 years later, when, when Jesus was born there in Bethlehem, and when he grew up and he was 30 years of age, we read in the Gospel of Mark chapter 1, verse 15, this is how Jesus began his ministry. He said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel or believe in the good news. With Jesus comes a royal kingdom, and we're part of that royal family. How many of you think it's cool that we're part of a kingdom and that Jesus is king? We're part of this royalty. So the good news is, is the nearness of the very kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 is in your notes, and this is the early ministry of Jesus. Let's read this scripture out loud together. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. So in Jesus, he's preaching the kingdom. That's what he talked about. We should be talking about the kingdom. Jesus is called the last Adam. In the beginning, Adam and Eve were the people of God. Adam and Eve were tempted. They failed the temptation and they sinned. By incarnation, Jesus becomes a new Adam. And where Adam failed, he had to be tested, he failed. In Jesus, God is creating a new race. And by bringing Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted, Jesus doesn't yield to temptation. Jesus overcomes temptation. Jesus doesn't yield to the devil. Jesus doesn't forfeit not even one inch of ground to the enemy. He holds his ground. And so Jesus overcame. In him, we overcome. Galatians chapter 3, verse 16 is in your notes. Let's read that scripture out loud. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Christ. What is the seed of Abraham? Jesus. He is the promised seed of Abraham. He is the ultimate son of King David. He came through the line of David that was prophesied about. And in Jesus Christ, he embodies all the true people of God as their representative. And as I put here in a simple little paragraph in your notes, Jesus is the last Adam. He is the one true seed of Abraham. He is the true Israel. He is the promised son of King David. He is the head of a new race called the people of God. And recognizing Jesus as the Messiah, seeing him as the king is the beginning of the kingdom to anyone who sees it. And it's a matter of divine revelation that God would open your eyes. Here was the promised seed of Abraham. Here was the son of David. Here was the Messiah. Here was the Redeemer. Here was the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And literally, uh, just a couple of feet away were men saying, where is the kingdom? And they were standing right in front of him. So Jesus is saying, you don't point here and you don't point there. It starts here. You cannot have the kingdom of God without the king. And the king came for us and the king loved us and the king laid down his life for us and the king rose from the dead for us. 
Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Pastor Ray's messages continue to reach so many people every day. Every time I hear Pastor Ray teach God's Word on the radio, his love for the Lord is very much evident. He's always excited, and he succeeded in passing that excitement to me, which often prompted me to go back to the Lord in prayer, to read God's Word, and to allow the Holy Spirit to lead my life. I'm so thankful for Pastor Ray's life. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio. If you'd like to send a message, just send it to ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now go back to Luke chapter 17. I want to just read a couple more scriptures here. Verses 22 through 24. Then he said to his disciples, the days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man. Oh, wasn't it great, you know, when Jesus was with us. And, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look here or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven and shines into the other part of under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. In other words, Jesus said, don't look for the kingdom out there unless it is first of all in here, inside of your heart. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Let's read that scripture out loud. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying, how can you be looking for the kingdom when you're rejecting the king? Know him and believe in him and trust in him and let Jesus be in you. Now, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you and I then have kingdom authority. In, that's why whatever we do, we do in the name of Jesus Christ. So you are allowed, you are encouraged to share what your testimony, to pray for people, to speak in the name of the Lord, and by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. And it is not just for pastors. It is not just for missionaries. It is for the priesthood of the believers. And I believe that there is, even now, as the nearness of Christ comes, you know, hearing things like that they're building a replica of the temple. This hasn't happened. The last time there was a temple, God walked on planet Earth. You realize that, 2,000 years ago. God Almighty in the person of Jesus Christ was on the earth. What is this a sign of? He's coming back soon. And so with that comes, I believe that God wants to raise up his sons and daughters. And uh, if I could just say this as a word, how many have lost faith in men in general with you know, how we're running things? Not doing so well, right? And, and so let us trust in the Lord. Let us live by faith. Um, if you will extend your hand and lay your hands on people and pray for people and pray in the name of Jesus Christ, His Holy Spirit is in you. You and I are mobile carriers of the Holy Spirit and, because of that, mobile carriers of the kingdom of heaven. In other words, when we walk in obedience to the Lord, when we allow the Holy Spirit to move upon us, to minister to people, or use the gifts that God's given to us, 
or to share the good news of Jesus Christ, or to lay hands and pray for someone that is sick, or to give food to someone that is hungry, or to clothe those who are naked, or to visit those who are in prison. Literally, it is a manifestation of the invisible, spiritual, supernatural kingdom of heaven being now manifest in the physical realm through those who are the sons and daughters of the king. The kingdom of God will come through us as we speak in his name, live in his name, and love in his name. And uh, so I encourage you, these are days to be bold. Share your faith. Share with people and ask them what they think and what they feel about all that's going on and tell them, and then bring it in and say, are you ready for heaven? Are you ready if Jesus were to come back? Have you asked the Lord into your heart? When you pray for people, I I mentioned this before that uh, a year ago, we had a week of prayer and fasting. There was a young lady uh, that's from one of the, it wasn't from Russia, but I don't know, Belarus or something, one of those countries over there. She happened to be visiting with us. She had a tumor in her head. And I was up here and praying and I had, you know, opened things up and, and she was visiting kind of as a cross-cultural, you know, exchange student in somebody's uh, home here that came to the church. And so they brought her to this week of prayer And she said, you know, in her broken English, I believe that if I go up and and ask the pastor to lay hands on me and pray for me that I will be healed. So I was in a little group, we were praying in three, four group or whatever. And so they came up, tapped me on the shoulder and would you come back and pray this young girl, uh, you know, and she has a tumor. And so I said, okay. So I walked back and I laid my hands on her. I, I hadn't even begun to pray. As I put my hands on her head, I felt heat. And my first thought was, oh, this poor dear girl has a fever as I was praying for her. But she said, when you touched me, she said, I didn't have a fever. But when you touched me, I felt heat and warmth through my head. And she went to the doctor and the tumor was gone, healed. Why? And it's no personal righteousness or holiness. It is simply God's grace. It's God's grace that the Holy Spirit would dwell in any human being. But he is there. When we extend our hands in love and in compassion, in the name of Jesus, the kingdom of heaven, I believe that the Holy Spirit is bursting to be released And how he wants to really uh, come, he wants to come through his sons and through his daughters whom he has called and anointed and appointed for such a time as this to stand up for him and to speak for him and to give a reason for the hope that lies within them. And we are his hands, we are his feet, we are his mouthpiece. And the kingdom comes as men and women are touched, as their hearts come to him. The Bible talks in the last days of a great harvest that no man could count from every nation, every language, every kindred, and every tribe. You know, already God is moving in supernatural ways. As we know throughout the East and China, there's more Christians in China than there are in the United States. He is moving in the Muslim world by giving them so many uh, Muslims are having dreams and visions that missionaries 
have now thrown out all their old tactics of how to witness to Muslims. Many of them just come up and they'll ask the question, have you had a dream or a vision lately? And their eyes open wide and they go, yes. Or were you sent to tell me what it means? And they see somebody that's in white and tell, you know, they see Jesus and they see angels and they're coming to the Lord left and right. I told you about the uh, Muslim woman that was in Iran. There's a guy that is now, he's called the Billy Graham of Iran. So we know what's going on as far as, uh, you know, they're talking about Iran and it's the pressure between them and Israel and all of that. That's on one level. On another level, there is a guy that is preaching the gospel, reaching seven to nine million people a day in Iran with the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't have enough people to answer the phones to all the people that are coming to the Lord. They showed the Jesus uh, they, the film in, translated into the Iranian language. There was this little old grandmother who watched it who, who had never really seen the story. You know how they believe in Jesus, he was a prophet and all that, but she'd never seen anything like this depicted. She had been through in two hours the most radical, emotional, spiritual experience of her life. A man comes on and says on the screen and says, Jesus is knocking on the door. If you will open the door, he will come in. Well, she thought, she didn't know it was a metaphor, she thought literally Jesus was at the door. So she walked to her front door, opened the door, and literally Jesus appeared in shining, brilliant, burning light. She was so shocked, she ran back to the phone and they said, call this number if you open the door. <laughs> so she called them and, and they go, oh, did you open your heart and ask Jesus? She goes, yes, and he, we, he was there. These are the kinds of things that are happening because God loves the world. God loves your neighbor, God loves your brother, your sister, the, the one that is struggling or under the pressure financially, economically, and worrying and full of anxiety. And there are, there are too many people right here in San Diego that are so focused on what am I going to eat and what am I going to drink and what am I going to wear and how am I going to pay my bills and they're eating and drinking, giving in marriage, meaning they're just living their lives totally oblivious to the real issues of the heart, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. How will they hear? unless someone speak to them. How will they know unless someone's feet go to them and share with them? How blessed are the feet of those who bring good tidings. And that's us. We're the ambassadors. And uh, the best form of evangelism is one person to one person, one heart to another heart. You are the expert on your own personal life. I don't care how many degrees they have, PhD, this, that, and the other. Nobody is the expert of your life. You're the one who lived it, you felt it, you experienced it. Nobody can tell you how, you know, your life was. Hey, no, I lived it. I'm the only one who lived my life. And this is what happened to me. I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And Jesus is the answer. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley, pointing out the value of sharing what Christ did for us sharing our own personal testimony. Good insight today here on Maranatha Radio. And today's study is titled, Thy Kingdom Come, Part 1. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. 
Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. Why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.